Blog Talk Radio. This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The Gigi Vance and Sugar Dom can't quit, what? Now pop the cork and see the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the dark Walk through my hazard With levitation From defense Drench and defense And these seven Showboating with rugas Flash vines Bella Fonte Jigger Let's get forward this first As we confiscate your figures Jasmine over brown Levitating Jiki and Dashiki's The La Hada car 54 Chasing diamond Running headed ice band The big killer diamond Convention Harlem Buck Strut Freezing world heights Hollywood Madam Butterfly Let me in your house The pleasure From the knuckle swatch Shadow boxes Catching black eye blue I play the thief What? Sensations at the Monte Glory screaming Chiba Fulfilling pleasures in my castle Blow the smoke out The gossip of Vegas substitutes When the Dutch is gone The load don't what? stop Give me what? shouts if the season's I'll tell you it's too flaky Good evening, y'all you can find me on the web. I am the creator of the Sports Law, The Clown Times. You can find me at www.theclowntimes.net. It's clown spelled with a K. And uh, you should also find me on Facebook as well. Just uh, after the full week, actually having a good old time on the on, on the Facebook page. But uh, while you're on Facebook, just do a search for The Clown Times. That's again, that's clown spelled with a K. Then you'll find me there. So again, I know I haven't done this in a while, but uh, we're going to talk some HBCU sports. Uh, actually, I was originally going to use this to preview both the football and the basketball season, but since I had been away for quite a while and, <laughs> and uh, this we're in the middle of football, it's actually damn near, near the end, uh, we're going to have a man, Dwayne Nash, from, and, and first of all, you know who Dwayne Nash is. He's from the yard slash HBCU sports. Please check him out online and on Facebook and on Twitter. He's a great follow. And um, we're going to like, pretty much review football and preview basketball. So do it happen to have for this one, y'all good. But anyway, Dr. Wayne, I'm trying to talk to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right, Scott. How about yourself? I'm, I'm living, brother. I'm living. Uh, I've been crazy busy doing daddy stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, music day, the fall has been kind of busy for me so far. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, that's what daddies do, I guess. But uh, and, and as, as, as what you know as well, you being a total dad as well. Um, speaking of kids, my kids. How's that for a segue? We're like near the end of the college football season, of course. Uh, I think the playoffs going to start in the FCS levels and the in as well as uh, Division Two. So uh, before we get to the playoffs, just give us your assessment on how the season went down like for the favorites, as far as the, like who the favorites were coming into the season and any surprises coming like coming out. So first of all, let's just start with the surprise. Did any squad surprise you? Uh, yes. There were, the oh, yes, yes. There were several surprises. I actually wrote an article about uh, the first, second week in October about my top five surprises and it was kind of ironic that as soon as I wrote that article, uh, three or four of those teams started to falter, and I think that I kind of cursed them by doing so. The jinx. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I hope there isn't going to be a yard jinx uh, from here on out. That, that that was just real odd that I did that. But they were they were teams that were surprising to me because in the beginning of the year these were teams that were all predicted not to do much in their respective conferences, or there were teams that were picked to do well and didn't do well whatsoever. But the teams that did surprise me, or, or that are actually still surprising me till today, one of them being uh, Morgan State. Uh, mm. th- this was a team with a, f- a first-year head coach. Uh, he was actually the receivers uh, coach over at, at the University of Maryland. And his name for, uh, escapes me at the time. It's kind of a surprise that it does. But um, he, he came over from the University of Maryland as he was a former receiver coach there, came in with the, uh, a new offense, uh, for this squad with, uh, wow, I'm, uh, Robert Council, who's the quarterback there. And uh, okay. he's mainly known for, for his scrambling ability than his arm. But uh, they were also looking to lean on uh, a running back, Lamont Brown, if I remember uh, correctly is his name. But uh, he got hurt in the second game of the season. In comes okay. Herb Walker, Jr., and he turns out to be one of the best running backs in the FCS. Uh, if I remember correctly, he's still top five. He, he's well over 1,000 yards as of now. And uh, they were actually able to beat uh, South Carolina State just this past weekend uh, in South Carolina State, if I, in, in Orangeburg, if I remember correctly, as well as being able to play well throughout the entire year with the exception of uh, a close loss to North Carolina Central in Baltimore in a thrashing that they faced to our uh, North Carolina A&T State University Aggies in Greensboro uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, they were in contention for, for the majority of the season up until about two weeks ago. Okay. So they were a big surprise. Uh, Bowie State played well this year, even though they were expected to be in the top three of their division, which they were. Um, who else was a surprise? Oh, yeah, how do I forget? The biggest surprise to me outside of of, of uh, Morgan State would have to be Grambling State University. This is a team that just actually had their first conference wow. this past weekend. Um, but they were on a roll. They they had won six straight, if I remember correctly, within the conference. They started up the year okay. pretty um, 0-2, 0-2 to go in the conference, and they were actually picked last in the entire conference, not just their division. They were picked to finish last in their conference, and they're in the game, I guess, uh, next week. Uh, actually, no, uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, which will be, uh, in essence, a title game to uh, to crown the division champion. I guess it's the Western division champion in the SWAC. The Eastern uh, champion, the Alcorn State Braves, have, have already won out a couple of weeks ago. They were extremely mm-hmm. dominant after Alabama State came out to a, a great start with their running back, who I'll probably end up talking about a little bit later. But uh, they went up against Alcorn, and Alcorn has been a buzzsaw ever since. And, and they're actually uh, <laughs> top statistical leaders, especially in defense when it comes to uh, FBS football. That's well, FCS, That's I'm sorry. No, no, no worries, no worries. Um and that's interesting, and you know, because of all the things that you said. But uh, let's just go to, uh, and we'll get to our Aggies in a minute. But speaking of like 
dominant teams. Well, actually, I have. I, I guess there's one surprise. Like Winston State and the CIWA, mm. they were running things all season. And then yeah. comes the Junior Union. The Junior Union <laughs> just comes in, just literally ruins the party. And oh, correction, Virginia State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Virginia State, my bad. Uh, That's I don't know right. what I thought about Virginia Union. But, well, uh, because Virginia Union was on the precipice of making it to the game. They had a pretty tough game. Actually, they were leading that game against Virginia State, which would have sent either team to the championship game up until okay. uh, Virginia State ran away with the late in that game. Right. And the thing is, even though Virginia State put us undefeated in the CIAA, a lot of people have went some stands of favorites about if, that, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. And, yes. and and the saddest part about that dude is that Winston, both you know, Winston said was I think there's a rule in the Division Two where if you are ranked in the top seven, I think, in, in yes. your particular region, you're automatically like caught off in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that knocks them out. But and top it's six. too bad because yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, top six, okay, top six. And it's too bad because Winston State only lost two games. As is Virginia State, and it would be nice to see them both in. Even though I am happy that you know to see another HBCU in the playoffs, and, and that is uh, Tuskegee. So, yes. so Tuskegee looks like they had a great year as well. So, uh, so do you? Um, so basically, well, like what, 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 like what chance do you, do you give them Tuskegee and Virginia State for that matter in the uh, playoffs? Well, it's going to be a little interesting because um, I really haven't seen either team that they're going to face play this year. Uh, okay. Like you said, Virginia, Virginia State uh, was expected to go back to the championship. Well, they were picked to go back to the championship game this year uh, right. with head mm-hmm. coach uh, Latrell Smith, who actually was named the CIAA Coach of the Year this past year. But, you know, I don't know if you remember the incident last year where there was a fight Yes, there was an incident at the luncheon <laughs> last year, only to have the same two teams meet again this year uh, in, in the championship game. So the game was moved to Durham this past weekend. Um, with that game played, uh, even before the game was played, there was another incident arises, and it's on the, the Virginia State side where their starting quarterback, uh, a senior, his name forgets me, he gets arrested the Monday before the championship game for DUI. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, and, God. And, uh, and, of course, he was the leader of the offense, and everyone was expecting uh, Virginia State to potentially have a, a tough time in this game, even with him, and to lose their offensive leader. No, I don't think anyone really had uh, Virginia State pegged to win this game. But they came out, they came out and competed extremely well. They were able to take uh, Western Salem State out of their offense from, from what I heard uh, on the game on the radio, thanks to uh, mm-hmm. HSRN. Uh, if, if you don't have XM radio, uh, you're missing out a treat because they do play some great games uh, during the week, some great matchups on that network. But the game was also aired on, on Aspire, which is Magic Johnson's television uh, network as well. But uh, oh. game was played well. Freshman quarterback actually came in for Virginia State. Uh, Nico Johnson, if I remember correctly, is his name, and, and, and came in and, and had uh, about 180 yards passing and about 70, 80 yards rushing. 
and 25 mm-hmm. of those yards was the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth quarter. So hey, they came in on. and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So before you go on, because uh, you know, I just, I just, I just realized that not many people may know about the incident that we're talking about that happened with the teams last year. So if you want to oh, give like yes. a, big, a quick synopsis of what went down between these same two squads before the game was played and what happened, and, and, and pretty much the fallout of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely apologize to the listeners. But, yeah, let me go ahead and give you a quick rundown of what happened last year. The same two teams, Winston-Salem State and Virginia State, were going to meet in the CIAA football championship, which was going to be held, ironically enough, on Winston-Salem State's home field. And from what I'm hearing or from what I heard, there was some controversy on whether or not they should actually have that game held there because of the fact that it would give Winston-Salem State a home field advantage being that they had already won the championship two years prior. So they have an annual uh, luncheon, a championship game luncheon, the day before the game. Once again, it was held on the campus of Winston-Salem State. Uh, The starting quarterback, Rudy Johnson, uh, at that time for Winston-Salem State, went to the bathroom, and depending upon who you talk to, he was followed by or it just happened to be a chance meeting with a couple of uh, Virginia State players in that same restroom. Some words were exchanged. And once again, depending upon who you talk to, he was either jumped or it was a one-on-one situation. But one of the guys, he was a running back for uh, Virginia State. He was actually charged with with the attack, and the game was canceled because of Mm. the short turnaround in which the events had happened. And unfortunately, that it happened the way that it did because, in my personal opinion, all Virginia State had to do was come out and compete well, and they probably would have gotten a playoff bid last year. But because the game didn't happen, they didn't play, a school jumped them, and they were shut out of a playoff opportunity last season. But – the, the, like you said, this year, in terms of uh, the teams to make it into the playoffs, the Division Two playoffs this year, it's kind of weird because with Division Two, uh, they say that conference champions aren't autom- don't receive automatic bids. Really? But yes, what they do is they just That's take odd. the tops. Exactly, but they just take the top six <laughs> from out of the four. Uh, super regional, uh, the, the, the super regions that they have. So, um, basically, it's like east, south, north, and, and I guess as far west as they go. You had a Winston-Salem State team who was ranked top 20 all year long. They were at least top 10 uh, for at least the last half of the year. And they came into get the, the game last week ranked number 10 in the nation and they will rank third in their region, only, of course, to lose a close game to Virginia State, and they get knocked out of the the, uh, the playoff hunt uh, to, oddly enough, Virginia State's uh, opponent this coming Saturday, LIU Post. Hmm. Now, LIU oh, Post, they weren't – exactly. But to make it even worse, <laughs> LIU Post hadn't been ranked – or they, they they didn't finish the season ranked at all. It just happened to be that they won their conference championship game. 
So because of that, not only did they jump, uh, let's just say before the games were played on Saturday, Winston-Salem State was ranked third. Uh, Virginia State was ranked seventh. And LIU Post wasn't ranked at all in the top. They only do ten rankings in each division or each regional. Mm -hmm. And, and, And when Virginia State won, of course, it bumped them up. And being that the team that LIU Post defeated, um, God, I can't remember who that was. If I remember correctly, they were ranked fourth. So it knocked them mm. out of the fourth seed, bumped LIU Post up to the sixth seed, and knocked Winston-Salem State out altogether. That's crazy. Very much so. I, I, I don't know how crazy. a team who's ranked all year long doesn't make it into the, the, the playoffs. I don't. Uh, it's it's uh, perplexing to me. Uh, that's, that, that sucks. That really, really, really sucks. But um, on a better note, um, <laughs> now we're going to talk about Aggies now. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So basically, we, we, we're doing well. Uh, we're 61 in the conference, we're 92 overall. And I think we play Central the last game of the season. I think it's this Saturday. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what's a, just, just we like we have a there's an odd number of teams in the MEAC. I don't think we, I don't think the MEAC has a championship game, right? They do not. Okay, so basically, if if, if what I'm seeing this, we really stand this correctly. Ant has clinched at least a share of the MEAC title, but yes. what are the but what are the all sorts of crazy ass hybrid scenarios if Central does have to upset Ant? Does the does, 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 uh, the Central get the inside track of the BX? And I see there's a glove, two lost teams in there with Morgan State, Bethune, South Carolina State. Um, how, how does this? How does all those tiebreakers sort itself out? Well, this is probably how it's going to sort itself out. Uh, if I remember correctly, it would be if A&T loses to Central. It would be yes. a three-way tie between South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman. Am I correct? Uh, I think so, because since the way the standards are right now, A&T is 6-1 in the conference, Morgan and Bethune and South Carolina State and Central are all 5-2. and two. Oh, so they're all 5-2. and two. So, God, it just yeah. gets that much uglier then. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because what, what, um, I completely forgot that – Yes, that, that Morgan State and Central uh, only have two losses. Oh, man. This is how it will break down then. Uh, the way yeah. that I remember correctly, because it was just going to be a two or a three-way tie between North Carolina A&T, Bethune-Cookman, and South Carolina State as of last week, going into mm-hmm. uh, the games this uh, past Thursday, and – the way it was set up, Bethune Cookman would have been awarded the championship, even though everyone, well, they would have been awarded the automatic bid, even though everyone would have gotten the share of the title. Why is that? And the way that that's possible is because mm-hmm. since everyone doesn't play everyone head to head now, because of the odd yeah. amount of teams, you can't go by a head to head matchup in this scenario. So sure. what they do is they have a point system which are awarded to teams by the non-conference teams that they defeat. 
Now, I can't remember how many points you receive for each non-conference win, but you receive more points if you defeat a FBS team uh-huh. than you do if you defeat an FCS team. Now, out of those okay. five institutions, if I remember correctly, Bethune-Cookman is the only one to defeat an FBS team, which is uh, FIU in the week mm-hmm. Conference USA. Now, right. I'm championing that everyone in both the MEAC and SWAC decide they need to go ahead and just start playing people in, in Conference USA if they continue to play it the way they're playing this year. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you notice. Of course, Marshall is the front runner in that in that conference. But yeah, out of the 13 teams, yes, and out of the 13 teams in that conference, nine of them are 500 or worse in terms of their record. Mm-hmm. And, of course, right. one of those teams being FIU, who Bethune uh, Cookman has beaten for two years straight. So with that win, they were, I think they were like two points ahead of North Carolina A&T in those point standings, which would have given them the automatic bid, and then, of course, everyone else will be potential at larges. So I'm hoping sure. that this doesn't happen, that they don't lose on Saturday for obvious reasons, but for right. – you know, for the for the sake of being a reporter, this will be the first time that there has ever been a five way tie for the MIAC championship. Mm. There have been three way ties before, and the last one, if I remember correctly, was in two thousand and nine. Yep. But there's never been a five way tie before, and this will be very interesting uh, if if Central is able to pull off an upset. I, I can't say that it's impossible, of course, being that they are you know, uh, in the position that they are right now. But they have lost to A&T three times straight in the past three matchups. But Central was able to go into Orangeburg and defeat a very tough South Carolina State team. Hmm. Hmm. So basically what it boils down to is this. It's real simple. If A&T yep. wins, they, they win it. They, they, they clinch the bad boy outright. So yes. it's all in their own control. Yeah, so that's that's where we have to focus on that. So are they playing the game? Is is this game is the Aggie Eagle Classic still being played at, at Carter Field? I mean, I'm so out of the loop. So please, 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 please <laughs> give me a vote for that. Is it still being played at Carter Field, or is it, is it a home and home deal now that they're in the same conference? Now it's a home and home. Uh, unfortunately, they've gotten rid of the Aggie Eagle Classic. I can't remember the exact year which it was done. But, of course, mm-hmm. it was done. They were thinking or they were believing at the time, of course. The game was no longer competitive. Uh, just the fact that A&T was able to bring in more scholarship athletes, it, it just started the, – the game just was that lopsided, and they were starting to lose money. So they decided to do away with the Classic. And then once they started to become more comfortable uh, having athletic events involving both teams, on each other's campus, that's when he started doing that again. And I think that started back in 2008, 2007, if I remember correctly, uh, when they started doing mm-hmm. home and homes. But, yes, this game will be played in Durham. So this is going to be a very, a very interesting oh. game, uh, yeah. being that it is a road game for for the Aggies. And the game, of course, is sold out. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's – I, I, with this much at stake – I'm kind of upset that I'm not going to be there. I'll be here in D.C. witnessing my, my first uh, 
battle of the real H.U., if you will. So it, oh. it, it won't have the same type of it's the same type of, of, of stakes at hand, but it'll still be a great rivalry game. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, speaking of um, speaking of, of, of turnarounds, I meant, to, I meant to, to say this when you talked about Grambling earlier. That is one remarkable story, dude. I mean, remember last year, and I know you remember, when they sent all those pictures about the decrepit facilities, mold growing in the damn padding, uh, you know, the the the, the the break room being tore from the floor. It was just, it was beyond that. It was fucked up. I was going ahead and say it. It was fucked up. And he's <laughs> rambling now with one conference loss. The 7-4 overall, 7-1 in the conference, and a chance to win the, the, the swack. It's nothing short of amazing. It really isn't. And credit to the players, the young men involved, and the coaching. I'm, the administration, I don't know what, I don't know what it is down there, but Grandma turned it turning around, and I'm very happy, very proud. Well. Oh, yes, I completely applaud this turnaround, uh, this entire situation. Even the downfall last year, I, I say, was fantastic for HBCU sports for multiple reasons. It, it shined the light on the fact that, you know, there are institutions in these conferences, right. especially the MEAC and the SWAC, that are struggling financially. Now, whether or not uh, those calls were answered in terms of the alumni fan base going out to games and giving back uh, have been answered, because we almost did lose South Carolina State earlier this uh, this fall because of the fact that they didn't have enough money at one point to even have to support their basketball team. They had to make some cuts in order for them to keep their basketball team. It was getting to the point where. South Carolina State was potentially looking at Division Three status because if they had lost serious? their basketball, I am very serious. If they had lost their basketball yeah. program, they were on the verge of losing some other programs as well. And because of the amount of athletic uh, teams that they were going to have, they weren't going to have enough to not only participate on the FCS uh, level, but on the Division Two level either. And they were going to have to be wow. bumped down to Division Three, so yeah. this was a situation where you know they were able to make some moves and, and stay put where they are. But with the Grambling thing, and, and the way that they turned around, the, the way that they, uh, the team was able to galvanize and do what they do. Actually, they were trying to prove that point last year, but it just became so much of excuse my English, so much of a clusterfuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the, the attention of, of everything that was going on, I guess, took away from them and their their willingness and want want to play last year. That you know they just gave up and threw their hands up in the air and said, "Why? Why?" Because it was that mm. ugly. They were they were fighting for Doug to stay. They were saying that if Doug stays, we can turn yeah. this around because that was something that they had done just two years prior that they had a slow start in the football season only for them to turn around and win the slack. They thought they could do the same thing last year, but the, the Doug firing comes up, then the photos of the, the, the weight room comes up, then the boycott comes up and issues with everything, and then the coming and going. It, it was just a huge mess. But they bring in uh, Roderick Fobbs to come in and, and, and lead this team, 
and uh, yes. former, well, actually the alum of Grambling, and and he was able to come in. Once again, another slow start, but they turned the mm-hmm. season around, and, and now we're going to have another uh, important uh, 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 value classic, which is, once again, ironic, because this, this past summer, there were talks of potentially removing Grambling from the Bayou Classic. Get out of here. I am very all because serious. Of what went down last year? All because of what went down last year? Or what or to politics? What, what was up with that? Well, it, it's, it's, it was topped off by what happened last year. It wasn't the okay. SWAT that was, was, that was talking about doing it. It was the Superdome who uh, basically has a lot of financial backing in the game as well that was Mm -hmm. suggesting that maybe Grambling be removed from the game, being that they felt as though that they haven't been, or they they were, they're competitive in like, no one has really spoke about Southern and their issues when they were struggling in, you know, uh, in, in, in their football seasons about replacing them. But you have this entire ugly situation and the Superdome was talking about potentially uh, changing the, the the opponents in the Bayou Classic, which I thought I, I have mixed reaction on that. And 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 yeah. that being that the Superdome, since they have so much money invested in it, if they want to change the contestants in the game, so be it. But Grambling and and, and Southern that game will always be played. Where it'll be played will be a, a, another situation. It, it'll just have to be a, a thing where the Superdome can't call that game the Bayou Classic if it's not Southern and Grambling, though. Yeah, yeah, that is But why take it with? To, uh, I mean, I guess I'm one of those naive tradition guys. <laughs> you know, I'm the same guy who bitched about Maryland leaving for the like leaving for the Big Ten, leaving the ACC for the Big Ten. But that's another story. But <laughs> why, why mess with tradition like that? Is it? Is it? Is, I mean, granted, I know to your point that the Superdome has the right to do whatever the hell they want with it because they put a lot of money behind it. Um, I guess I'm guessing that's Tom Bisson and the boys as well. But mm-hmm. why? So why? But is it worth tinkering that tradition? Is it worth taking Southern and or Grambling out of that game? Is it's a really is it really worth that though? Well, to say that once again like I said for 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 the Superdome it would be potentially worth it if they felt as though that they were losing money in the game. Mm-hmm. Now there was a sure. rough patch there, especially during the times of the the uh the recession uh of the past couple of years um from what was that, two thousand and seven to well, two thousand eight, two thousand nine up until about a year or two ago where attendance yeah. did drop. I'm expecting okay. attendance to go back up. Both teams are good. This will be right. the game to, de- to determine the division championship. I'm calling for attendance to be at least 65,000 this year. That's what, that's what I'm calling. I'm, I'm making a bold proclamation right now that that's what the numbers mm-hmm. want to be. They've dropped down to about uh, 45, maybe 50, over the past four or five years, but I'm expecting it to go back up this year because both teams are good. But mm. I, I, like I said earlier, 
they wouldn't be, in my opinion, if if I'm either institution or the conference, I wouldn't allow the Superdome to hold rights to that name. That name would come with me. If if those two teams can't play in that building on that day, that game is no longer the Bayou Classic. It's whatever you're going to call it, Superdome. But we keep the name. We just find another place to play it. And if you want to play that yeah. game, mm, you know what? There are other cities that will be willing to take it. I know Birmingham would be willing to take it. It's a great possibility that mm, Houston would be even interested in taking it if they had the opening for that that Saturday and then just go ahead and hold the SWAC championship the following weekend. So if the Superdome wants to go ahead and toss the money away, so be it. Just know that there's some other city in the South that will potentially be willing to take it. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such a tradition. I mean, I just hate to see that go away. But because I remember years past when I was a kid growing up, I mean, my dad, he was, he, he's not in the college football. I mean, he's more of an NFL guy. But mm-hmm. even he would make an effort to, to, to tune into that. And, and and if we were at brother's houses, like, it doesn't matter who, whereas my mom's or dad's side of the family, they took make it a point to tune in because it was such a big deal. The battle of the bands to go along with that. I mean, you, I don't know. I don't yes. know if they would, I don't know how much they would be able. To, they be the Superdome folks be able, would be able to sell that if they would actually remove one or both of the participants in that game. Exactly, and, and and this is a game that has been going on for about as a classic for about forty years now. So for them to go ahead and, and even think to make this type of change, of course, uh, cause such a stir in that area that, um, of course, it had to have been addressed. I don't know if it's still on the table. I haven't heard anything as of recently. But with both teams doing well, especially this year, there's no way that they're talking about that right now. Right, and that's good. So uh, speaking of the, of, the, of the swag, I know there's only 10 teams in, in, in that league. Um, mm-hmm. And since they're broken up in the division, I assume that they do have a championship game. Yes. They actually started doing a championship game back in 1999. So they've okay. been doing it for some time. My question is, why can't the MEAC just go ahead and get right due the divisions? They have the divisions in every other sport, with the exception of basketball, if I remember correctly, which they should just go yeah. ahead and break up into divisions as well there, being that they do that same type of rotation that they do in football, being that it is an uneven amount of teams. Just do the divisions. So what if you're uneven, even though there uh, there is a rumor that uh, uh, another school is, is thinking about coming to the MEAC? And also, uh, Coppin State has been, I don't know if they did it this year, but in recent years, they have been having a football club. So I don't know if they were in development of getting ready to do a football team to join the MEAC or not, but... Silver's going to that spot is going to be filled in the near future. So just go ahead, just do the divisions. You won't have this mess of a five because if it happens, and God knows in my heart as an Aggie alum, I don't want it to happen. If A and T loses on Saturday, there's going to be yeah. so much. Once again, I, I, I excuse my French of a clusterfuck with five teams <laughs> in an eleven-team <laughs> conference sharing a title. 
is unheard of. And for that to happen on this commissioner's watch would be ridiculous. So they just, I'm, oh. I'm telling you, if, if, if that happens and there isn't any talk of a championship game that Sunday or immediately after that game, somebody, somebody needs to lose their job or somebody really really needs to rethink the direction of this conference. They they, yeah. they, they do. So it, it's it's going to it's I don't I don't want it to be a mess because of the fact that I'm an Aggie because I want to see my team just win the title outright. But I I, I see right. the potential of it being there because this even though I doubt that they can handle the speed that the Aggies have on offense and in the quarterback quick and then the running back who's actually a a a a, a contender for the player of the year uh, Tariq Cohen. I don't think that they have the speed to handle them offense, uh, on offense. But, once again, anything can happen, especially in the rivalry game and when you're at home. Wow. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, I'm just thinking out loud here. So, I, I still – I mean, does Paul do still wonder a lot why Winston-Salem State – and the cha- name of the chancellor is Chancellor pulled out of the NIAC. I mean, you would have had the perfect 12-team setup. would have had mm-hmm. all those rivalries with some yep. state, A&T, and Central. It would have been too much. It, it would have been almost too good of a, a good, too much of a good thing. And yet it's not that. That, that still bothers me to this very day. And I'm not even in love. And it still bothers me. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, uh, from my if my memory serves me correctly, the uh, chancellor, Harold Martin, who's actually now the chancellor over at North Carolina A&T right now, he was the chancellor yeah. over at, at Mississippi State. He was the one that was responsible for uh, the Rams making that move to the MEAC. The thing is, they needed to raise a certain amount of money and started to work on building new facilities on that campus if what I've read is correct. And once he okay. left, they, they, the, the new chancellor felt as though that they couldn't raise the funds because they were having difficulties doing so. And at the same time, they were having kind of a hard time competing in the MEAC as well. So they just decided to go back to the CIAA. Now, those rivalries are still there, of course, within the CIAA with, uh, 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 wow, um, and it's sad. I'm getting old. This is horrible. <laughs> With Fayetteville State, uh, Elizabeth City State, all those schools in the state of North Carolina. But in my personal opinion, and I guess my also my bias, when you think about in-state rivalries for HBCUs in the state of North Carolina, there are three schools that pop into my head quickly, and that's North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T, and Winston-Salem State, between the three of those institutions. And sadly, two of them are in the MEAC right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, but 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 let me ask you this: if they mm-hmm. if, if they decide if they be the mayor decide to expand, what in your mind would be viable candidates or actually the the, the rumor mill? And and I didn't want to talk about it too much because it was a rumor when I was hearing okay. it, but it was coming from a viable source. Until I saw a Facebook page saying this. And I had to, I, I, it, I, it just became more of a belief for me 
and something that I felt more comfortable talking about in public, Tuskegee. Tuskegee is in the in the process mm. right now of exploring the the potential move to move up to uh Division One slash F uh C S sports. They actually have a web uh, a Facebook page and website talking about this. So they're right now in the process wow. doing the research and, and 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 it seems as though that they're trying to get themselves prepared to make that move up. Now where would they move? There is a slot, like I said before, in the MEAC for them, especially when it comes to football, making it a little bit more interesting. Plus, it kind of widens the territory for the MEAC heading heading west to Alabama. Right. And and, and I'm thinking that that would potentially be the um, the best move for them. Or if they were to move over to the, the to the SWAC, another school would have to move over there as well, and the possibility of Florida A&M moving to the SWAC has also been talked about. They have been doing studies. Really? Where they've discovered, yes, where they have discovered that it's, it's more financially feasible for them to participate in the SWAC than it is for them to participate in the MEAC, being that their competitors will be a lot closer. And with the, the, the wow. new athletic director in Kellen Winslow Sr., yes, that Kellen Winslow Sr., he has been making some interesting moves. He's already fired uh, former head coach uh, Earl Holmes a couple of weeks ago. I remember the, that. The, yeah, with the thought to to go ahead and just revamp that entire uh, coaching staff. They, they, he's already put the coaching staff on notice that we're going to go ahead and, and potentially replace every position in this staff. So be prepared. So it's a possibility that they could be making moves to move to the SWAC. So it, 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 I'm thinking that whatever Florida A&M does would potentially determine what Tuskegee does, and that's that's just a guess by looking at what I'm seeing. If they if they come over to the MEAC and Florida A&M leaves, they are still uneven there, and they don't have a championship game. But if they go wherever Florida A&M decides to do then that's where they'll end up having uh, a title game. But why would FAMU want to go? Uh, you probably answered this or alluded to this already, but why would FAMU want to go to the SWAC? Oh, uh, like I said earlier, it'll be cheaper for them to compete yeah. uh, against teams, Got meaning it. that a lot of those teams are closer with schools in Alabama, um, uh, Louisiana, and Mississippi, with all of those schools being right there. They don't have to go to, like, D.C. or Baltimore or even Delaware to compete. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, very interesting indeed. Okay, so that's football. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of scenarios involved with that. Lots of scenarios involved. Let's just hope for the Aggies to pull one out and win in the Aggies and represent the playoffs. Um, yes, Lord. Let's talk about basketball right quick. Let's talk about okay. basketball right, uh, right quick. So, Give me your favorites. Let's just start from since 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 big money is in the it's in Division One. Let's start Division One in the MEAC first. Who are your favorites to win the MEAC this basketball? Hmm, my favorite MEAC. I'm <clears throat> actually leaning towards either a repeat with uh, Lavelle Moton, or I'm looking for. 
the team that was actually picked to win last year, uh, Norfolk State, come back mm. and, and, and compete strong for for the title in the MEAC. And these are two teams, they've lost some big-name seniors on, on both sides of the, on both teams, but they were still, right. they, they were still with the guys that they have left, still extremely competitive. I expect them to do extremely well within the division, or within the conference, that is. And and, and I, I'm, I'm if it's either if it's anybody else, other than those two teams, I will be completely surprised. And we did have that surprise two years ago when you ended up having the numbers five, six, seven, and eight teams as the semifinalists in the MEAC championship just two seasons ago when you had the top four teams get knocked out. So tournament time comes around, anything can happen. But like I said, I'm picking either Central or uh, or Norfolk State to uh, to compete for the title there. Interesting, interesting. Norfolk State or Central? How about that? <laughs> Go Central, that again. Uh, well, they've, they've, been, they've been extremely competitive. Both teams have. With, with the addition right. of uh, Savannah State for the past couple of years, they've been extremely – they played extremely well. So I, I don't expect anything different. Yeah. I mean, I, you got to – I mean, all seriousness, all seriousness, man, who 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 can be central? I mean, they only lost one conference game last year, and they only lost look, six games. Exactly. And they looked extremely dominant last year in doing so. And I'm expecting Coach Moten to come in and 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 do what he did with these guys. And I'm also expecting uh, Coach Rob jo- um, Rob Jones to go over at uh, Cent- not Central. I'm sorry over at Norfolk State to, to do what he did last year and have that team extremely competitive. There were a lot of games that they lost, a lot of close games that they lost, that, you know, had they been a little, just a little bit more focused, they probably would have pulled off. But, like I said, just Robert Jones over at at, at State and, and, and Moton, fantastic coaches, look for them to do well this year. I mean, I mean, this is good for Moton. I think – Unfortunately, he probably won't be around there much longer because uh, people are taking notice of what he's doing, the job that he's doing at Central. And I think it's only a matter of time before um, before he gets an opportunity at a bigger institution, i.e. a, 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 a white school, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so that so, so that he'll be able to do his thing there and take his talents there as well. So. Going to enjoy it while, while it lasts, but I exactly. I'm not, that. you know, I'm not going to put any words in his mouth, but he did seem a little disappointed. Well, I can't say that. I'm not going to say that. What I'm going to say is, he's going to get an opportunity in the near future, yeah, and I expect him to, to to receive one soon, especially if he's able to repeat what he did last year, this year. Right. Look for him to to, right. to potentially start being. On the, the the being at least named in these lists for some of these other uh, institutions and in, in, in these other conferences uh, as a head man for him to potentially move up. Yeah, so the neck down, it comes to SWAC. So looking at the schedule, look at the standards from last year in the SWAC, uh, it looks like that. Uh, hold on for a second. That Southern ran like ran the league at least in the regular season. 
Um, yeah. Do you expect to repeat performance from Southern, or do you see other teams challenging Southern this time around? Well, with Texas Southern not having uh, Eric Murray there anymore, um, Mike Davis is, is going to be tested, and I am expecting Southern to do it again. I'm, I'm expecting Southern to come in and, uh, and and play well throughout the year and win the, the championship in the regular season, and I'm actually expecting them to do so again in, in the uh, – but not again, but I'm expecting them to, uh, to win the conference and the, the tournament as well. The thing is, and I need to check it one more time. I'm 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 quite certain that the situation is still like it was last year, where five out of the ten teams, sadly, were academically ineligible to compete in the championship game. Well, in the in the um, in the NCAA. So if they had won the tournament, they wouldn't be able to participate in the NCAA tournament because of their APR scores. Mm. So what have happened? What what needed to happen, or what would have happened, is that if one of those teams were to win, or are to win the championship, the highest seed, the highest eligible team, would then advance to the tournament. Right. But yeah, like I said, I need to check and see if that's still the case for this year. But I I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. Right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So one, so one last thing. We got ten, well, ten minutes left. But one, one last thing: the CIAA. Um, I know at least for the women, the CIAA, like 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 for the women, it was it's always almost always been Shaw doing this thing, always always running things. Um, but since we're talking the guys here, I mean the guys there have have been competitive for the last few seasons. So, mm-hmm. so, so. so so do you expect a, a, a repeat performance from Shaw? Do you see other teams rising up? I, I, I think that one season, a few seasons ago, that St. Aug had a decent year as well, at least for the men. Yeah, St. Aug, if I remember correctly, St. Aug, I know uh, for the women's side, Fayetteville State won for the women last year by okay. surprising Shaw. Uh, on the men's side, man, uh Wow, I, I, it, once again, my memory escapes me, but if I remember correctly, it was uh, St. Augustine that won the title last year. In, in, in another tournament, that anything can happen. And uh, it, it always does. There's always a surprise where a, a higher seed gets knocked out. And I'm just looking to see what these teams do throughout the year. Uh, Johnson C. Smith, if I remember correctly, uh, that Parks kid was a point guard there, uh, good scorer. Um, I'm expecting him to play well this year. Um, who else uh, can we can we look out for uh, throughout the year? Uh, Western Salem State is is actually competitive as well. Uh, it's a toss up. It is a toss up. Bowie State has a nice team. Uh, I, I, I'm. I, I'm still not sold as of yet on who can, can, can win this conference. It is always a surprise, especially on the men's side, every year. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. But So, next for one exciting season coming up. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that, but definitely keep my eye on the playoffs. But, well, well, I guess for the Division Two playoffs for the men in football, but we've got to keep an eye on the A&T Central game, man. So, 
I'll be on Facebook. Check uh, <laughs> you guys out on the Double S oh, yes. project and uh, games just, just so so. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say games to keep your eyes out for uh, this weekend when it, when it pertains yeah. to uh, HBCU football, and I'm actually missing the Bethune Cookman uh, Hampton get not Hampton, but Bethune Cookman Savannah State game as we speak. Uh, but there's no need to watch that. Savannah State is probably getting drugged. They're probably averaging giving up 50 points a game. So I'm thinking Bethune walks away with this one. But the A and T Central game is a game to watch. Uh, the Virginia State, the, the CIAA champions, they played their first ever Division II uh, playoff game this weekend against LIU Post. And Tuskegee, they play against West Georgia this weekend. Oh. So those are three games to watch as well as Langston. Langston um, University oh. in Oklahoma, they um, made it into the NAIA playoffs that start this uh, Saturday as well. Okay. Great, great, great. And, and one last thing. I, I, I know I said a few say one last thing, but um, – How's Morehouse doing these days? Um, and I don't have, uh, I don't have much, much for Morehouse these days in terms of sports. Well, I'll give you a quick rundown. That's another one of my teams that in the middle of the year was a surprise. Uh, they were doing extremely well, but they were going to have to face the tough guys in their in their division like Miles and, and like Albany State, who they hadn't faced at that point. And, of course, they ended up losing to both. But they looked pretty decent this year, with the exception of the one incident. I don't know, excuse me, if you or your uh, listeners have heard about it, but I'm, I'm going to need, and I'm actually in the middle of writing an article about it, which I'm going to publish on my website come this weekend. Yes. It's going to be called You Big Dummy. Yeah. People <laughs> have to remember that it's 2014, and everybody's watching. We had the incident with uh, former NFL defensive lineman Charles Grant and his incident at Bowie happened a couple of weeks ago where he body slammed a student and they videotaped that. Uh, you had the incident with the Virginia State quarterback who gets arrested for a DUI a couple of days before his conference championship game. And you also had the incident with Morgan State, not Morgan State, I'm sorry, with uh, Morehouse. They were going to play mm-hmm. Benedict in South Carolina. The day before the game, they go to see the mo- they go to the movies and they check out Dear White People. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, yet. one of the lead characters, and you're going to have to help me remember his name, but he played uh, Chris Rock's character, and everybody hates Chris. Okay. Yes. His character is basically a homosexual African American male. And, and the the, the, okay. the story takes place on a predominantly white institution's campus. It's kind of like an Ivy League school, but not really. But it, it kind of portrays itself to be that way. So he really doesn't okay, fit in with it. anyone on campus. So too much of the story away. But the football team who shows up in their school paraphernalia, they're wearing team sweatshirts, hoodies and stuff, they're in the movies, and they're heckling the movie because of the gay character being gay. So when he starts doing things that seem a little suspect and you really don't really know if he's gay yet or not, the team is heckling him, 
screaming out, oh, I can't believe this gay dude is doing this. And then it gets worse. There's a scene in the movie oh. where the antagonist is is being harassed. But now he's not even being harassed. The antagonist, and, and, and I, I don't want to call him Chris because that's not his name, but right. he and the antagonist get into a confrontation toward the end of the movie where the antagonist ends up beating up uh, Chris's character. Right. And the football team erupts in applause and starts cheering him on as if it's cool to beat up homosexual men. Now, mind you, this is the same institution. I'm not even going to go to, to, to what the, the, the blogger said, because there was a blogger in there that was watching the movie with them and was completely appalled. And her whole thing was, I can't believe this is the institution of Martin Luther King Jr. I can't believe that they're doing this, and they've been having their own homosexual issues over the past five years. I don't know if you've seen the Bob uh, article a couple of years ago about the plastics where they had homosexual men that were exiled from the university because they wanted to carry purses and wear dresses, and they've also had... My wife told me about that. Yeah, my wife told me about that because she's a spellman a lot. Exactly. Yeah, so you had that type of situation, and you have situations where you had uh, students potentially raping other students. Now, with all of this homosexuality that's happening on your campus, I understand that you want to perceive yourself to be a strong African-American man, but you can't do so at, at, at the expense of hating someone else. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, especially now when you have people who see you doing this, see that you're representing a particular institution, and have an outlet of expressing themselves of the hate that they've seen. Dude, you big dummy, pay attention, yeah. please. This is, this is 2014. This is... This, Ah, uh, be aware. I'm, I'm, I'm just warning all of my student athletes, not just the ones at HBCUs, and, and right. James Winston. I don't care whoever you want to call up. Pay attention to what it is that you're doing. Be aware that you're right. representing an institution, and that everyone is ready to snitch on you for whatever foolishness that you get involved into. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Hey, I'm sorry I had to end on a negative note like that, but thanks a lot. I got a minute left, but. I'll, but but I'll be calling you. But I'll be calling you, bro. I'll be checking you out hey. on Facebook, like like for like for that game, the A&T game, this Saturday. So take a light. Thanks a lot, yeah. bro. Take yeah, care. Yes, follow me for the updates for scores. And yes, whenever you need me, call me, baby. You got it. Peace out. That's my man, the way Nash showing down once again. That story though about uh, about Morehouse acting a fool in a movie theater like that. But I guess it is what it is. I guess, but. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in and listening. Please check out HBCU Sports. Please support them, especially if you're an alum of HBCU schools, Circle Black College, universities. Uh, anyway, this is Scott Perks with the Clown Hour. Sound off. 06. All right.